The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hey, everybody. It is Easter. Spring is in the air. It's a time for rebirth and renewal. And you know, the NFL draft is coming up at the end of the month, and it's a time for NFL fans to be happy and excited about the rebirth and renewal of their teams. Can their team finally find that magic gem at the end of this month that will help their franchise be reborn and renewed? We're talking about the NFC and AFC East today, folks. We've got the NFC's Super Bowl contenders, the Philadelphia Eagles from last season. Can they find the piece that will put them over the top this season? Can the AFC East, the Bills, the Patriots, the Jets, figure out a way to finally claim the prize? All that and more coming up later on Belly Up Fantasy Live. Glenn Rieger getting traded to Minnesota changes nothing. Six foot four guys running four fours. These guys don't grow on trees. And a lot of times I'm willing to bet on, especially, you know, long term on the freak athlete. You don't ever want to overreact to what guys look like in preseason. There's been a ton of preseason all-stars that never make rosters or, or never pan out. There's the whistle. Good morning, everybody. It's time for Belly Up Fantasy Live. How are we all doing this morning? I am Chase Thornton, coming to you as always from the Martin Bailey Basement Bar here. And joining me, as per usual, I have Kevin Wilson. Kevin, what do we know this morning? Well, we know that, uh, of course, today's Easter. And mm-hmm. so if you're going into uh, any graves looking for Jesus, it's not going to work because he has risen. He so left the building. Is good. <laughs> yep. There you go. All right. Good to see you, friend. And also joining us today, we have a special guest from the eye test pod. He's a new uh, new member of the Belly Up fa- uh, family here. And uh, you can find his latest article on the Panthers and their offseason moves up right now at BellyUpFantasySports.com. But we welcome in John Kirkner. John, how are we doing today? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. Happy Easter. Yeah, happy Easter happy to you, Easter too. To you. All right. What are we all drinking today, boys? We got anything we, special for the uh, morning, or are we taking it we easy got on some, a holiday? Uh, twisted berry bud seltzer going on right here. Oh, man. You guys there are starting go. early. I'm, this is my first cup of coffee. It says morning handsome on it. Got it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Well, hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the designated driver for the morning. Oh, no. That's like, right. like so you hear we're that. all climbing into the uh, van FDU after we're done here. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, we're talking NFC and AFC East this morning. Um, you know, this is uh, the NFC East, three teams in the playoffs last season. Philadelphia, obviously, uh, widely regarded as possibly the best co- the best team in the, in the league last season. Um, you know, they had, we saw the results all the way up until the Super Bowl. Uh, good game, competitive game there in the Super Bowl, but it just couldn't pull it out there. Um, but, you know, the Eagles, you know, it's a team that has a ton of talent on it. We all know that. Now they've lost a couple of guys. They lost, they, they, they've lost an offensive lineman or two. And, and obviously Miles Sanders has moved on and is in, uh, is in Carolina now, but uh, you know, but they have made some moves. There's not a lot of holes on this team and there's not a lot of holes on this team on the field. There's not a lot of holes on this team from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, 
you know, they've got the number one ranked offensive line from last season, according to PFF. They were the number four DST in fantasy. I mean, we're literally talking about a team that doesn't have to do a whole hell of a lot here. Uh, but with that, they have the luxury of two first round picks. Uh, yeah, they're sitting in the catbird seat, right? So, uh, John, let's let's go to you first here. With the Eagles, are, are there any positions that stand out to you where you think, like, geez, if they could just if they could just plug this one piece and hit this one right in the draft here, it could push them over the top. You're an Eagles fan. What say you? Yeah. So, I mean, you said it in the beginning. Who's gonna find that gem in this year's draft coming up at the end of the month? And I think at that number 10 spot, that hidden gem, a lot of people are saying Jalen Carter, defensive tackle uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs. But that's not a gem, guys. That's the safe pick. That's the historical pick that the Eagles love to draft. Howie Roseman loves to draft on that defensive line. The hidden gem here, it's Bijan Robinson at number 10. I mean, like you just said, they have the luxury of two first-round picks. They have the luxury to not stack the line that they've done historically. They have the luxury to get a top running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. So I think that if the Eagles do that, I mean, they not only would have the greatest running back trio in the NFC East, but probably the whole league. Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell had a good year last year uh, behind Miles Sanders. And then you add in a stud like Bijan Robinson at 10. That totally works for the Eagles. And right now, running back is one of the holes that they have on offense. Now that they lost Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. We don't really know if Gainwell can be a workhorse. We totally know Bijan can. Right. Kevin, what do you think on that? I saw you give a thumbs up there. You look like you thumbs agree up, with that completely. You know, John, you just pretty much stole all the thunder that's coming out of here. <laughs> I've had that yeah, bottled in for a while. Okay, so I, I agree 100% with you. And, uh, yeah, because Carter is the safe pick. And if he slides that far, they might want to seriously look at that because I think he's going to be a lot better than he's shown, you know, in his pro day and all that. But if we're talking especially fantasy purposes, I don't think there's a better landing place than Bijan Robinson because you mentioned Rashad Penny. I'm a Seahawk guy. Trust me, he will not be healthy all season. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think that if, if he went in there, he would be the number one back, despite all the other players in Philadelphia might have. He would be their number one running back back there. And he is a guy that has been attached to the Cowboys probably more than any other team so far. And if Philadelphia gets him, not only do they increase their running backs, they take a guy potentially from a divisional opponent that wants him. And so I think that pick, because I don't think he's going to be there. He's not going to last to the Cowboys pick. So Philadelphia might as well start, even though, you know, today's game running backs are a dime a dozen. But this guy is a special player, and I think that he would be huge on Philadelphia, not just in real life, but in fantasy as well. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that there. That was was the one – glaring you know hole that they could fill on that team where we talk about in terms of pushing them over the top on the field uh now Rashad Penny's a good player and he's he's talented he a great player, but like but he like you know more than anybody else healthy. Kevin trust like me you know better than anybody be else 
He can't. Yeah, nope. he has a hard time staying. You know, I know it's Easter, but leave your Easter egg, you know, away. Don't put them in all in the pack package <laughs> of Rashad Penny. Don't right. But, you know, and like you said, you know, running backs are supposed to be a dime a dozen or in this in this league. We see him as a replaceable part, but not every running back is B. John Robinson. As you as you mentioned, John, best running back prospects like Saquon Barkley. We know what Saquon Barkley was able to do his freshman year, uh, freshman year, his yeah. rookie year. Um, we'll, we'll take it. I think that is I think that is the one move they could make that would really supercharge this team. Now, whether they feel that's the best move for them, I guess that's that's for you know everybody else up there to they're making more money than we are talking about these things here. I think Rashad Penny, though, as a backup <laughs> is a perfect situation because now you're not asking him to take that. That might down work. And then he's, yeah. And there's not a big drop off no. then between your, between your starter and your backup, because you've got a backup who we know can, has been a starter and has shown talent when he's been there. Kenneth Gainwell, like you said, is a good receiving back. We know he can carry a load, not maybe the load, but you know that he can he can fill that role. And if I mean, if you're talking about keeping around Boston Scott as a fourth option, as a fourth string running back, like you said, that might be the deepest in terms of overall talent. That would be the deepest running back room possibly in the entire league. There, uh, one more, uh, you know, one more spot that I've seen people talk about with them would be slot receiver. Uh, maybe not necessarily in the first round, but slot receiver would be one. They've already got A.J. Brown on the outside. They've already got Devontae Smith on the outside. Now, Quez Watkins is there, and Quez Watkins is a guy that I personally kind of like, but he just it just doesn't seem like they're sold on him as the answer going forward. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Do you think that there's a slot receiver in this uh, in this draft that they could take possibly, not necessarily at, at 10 or at 31, but can they find a slot receiver that should supplant or could supplant Quez Watkins and add something to this team from a fantasy standpoint? They could. I don't really think that is a huge need for them. But, you know, as we mentioned, they don't have any huge need. So they can be selective in who they take. And so uh, let me get this going on over here. I've got all these guys because wide receiver, it doesn't even show up as a need for that team for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't know if that's what they would do or not. Maybe uh, Dallas, you know, Goddard might be getting a little long in the tooth. So they might go that direction. And this is the draft to do that. As we mentioned probably quite a few times now, there are a lot of tight ends in this draft that they could take. So they, if they, let's say they did take Robinson in the first, then that second first round pick, they could just take whoever they think is the best player. And then maybe later on, they could take some guys that uh, are just guys that they like. That's a nice position to be in that you could take guys that you like, not necessarily guys that you need. Right. Those luxury picks. It's luxury picks. It opens up all kinds of scenarios for them. So, I know a lot of guys that are might be watching me down here in the Texas area don't want to hear this, but Philadelphia is – there hasn't been a repeat champion in the NFC East since Philadelphia did it back in, what was it, the 2000s? I think we got one coming. Yep. I think we do too. Philadelphia is going to win the division once again. So 
trying to nail down any kind of picks for them, it's kind of hard to do because they can do whatever they want. All right, John, you're a resident Eagle expert. What do you think here about the, the possibility of a slot receiver, the possibility of like Kevin said, another tight end to go with Dallas Goddard, possibly be an heir apparent type? Or is there another position that you see as a need for them that would really boost their fantasy prospects as well as their on-field prospects? Yeah, I, I think the Eagles are probably going to try and stick with Quez Watkins in that three role. Um, he had a really rough year last year. He even came out and said it after the season that he he took a step down in terms of production. And I, I really appreciate that out of a professional you know football star out of there just saying that you know he needs to do better. So I think that the Eagles are going to honor that, allow him to come back as their wide receiver three. If they were to draft someone in the second round, maybe Josh Downs. Uh, I have him getting drafted by another team. I'm not even sure if he strives in that slot position, to be honest with you. But um, that's another wide receiver in the second round that if the Eagles were to draft, say, the best offensive player available at that time, Josh Downs would probably be available. Yeah, I, you know, like we said, 10 is, you know, picking at 10, man, a top 10 pick for a team that's coming off a Super Bowl near yeah. win. Um, I think that's too high to take somebody, for, especially for them. They have, they have the luxury of being able to take that luxury, you know, kind of like gravy on top, you know, pick. But I think 10 is probably too early to go with somebody like a Zay Flowers <laughs> yeah. who, who mm -hmm. looks like a, a slot receiver. Um, possibility though there'd be the possibility that somebody like maybe tank dell out of houston would still be there for them at not just 31 but possibly in the second round as well uh and how can you go wrong having a guy on your name you know on your team named tank but uh tank, but yes, I, we talked about last week if you remember chase we talked about tank and what, what a great a, name yeah, what a great name out of the university of houston there but I, I i tend to agree with you there like i said i like quez watkins personally i think that he's i think he's got a lot to offer a team uh if he can put it all together and if they're willing to use him as such um but yeah, yeah it's just it's a team that doesn't have a ton, ton of holes right. which is nice and and that's gotta you gotta feel real good about that i mean you gotta feel better than i do going into next season when <laughs> we're not sure what the hell's going on behind center yet uh if, but if, yeah if they do happen to take let's say jalen carter at number 10 then a running back they will do that later on in the draft. There's oh, no I, uh, question to me about that. And, and there are other guys that, I mean, Bijan is obviously the top guy that everybody's talking about, but there are right. other guys in this draft at running back, uh, you know, right. Jameer Gibbs and, have and later, Zach Charbonnet right. and other others. Charbonnet, but, uh, that's how you, I was getting ready to say that, and I would have said it wrong. So I'm glad no, you that's, that's how I would say it. Or, okay. It looks French to me. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on and talk about the, that uh, that hated team down south. Then, in terms of from from the standpoint of a Packer fan, at least, uh, the Cowboys. There, team coming off a you know a fairly successful season. I mean, they they made the playoffs as well. Uh, you know, number twelve offensive line ranked by PFF, the number two fantasy DST here. Now, this is a team that's in a little bit of a transition in terms of they just let go a franchise legend in Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, and it's hard to tell what Jerry Jones is is ever going to do in the draft because we all know that Jerry is running that show and running that room. But uh, they they will have Tony Pollard coming back off of an injury, but not the devastating career ender type injury that we that you know that we typically associate with you know, with running backs. It, this is this is a broken leg. This is not the the 
completely shredded me, you know, situation here. <laughs> uh, so, but they will have Tony Pollard coming back behind him. They've got Malik Davis, Ronald Jones, who I think we've all given up on, including yeah. everyone else in the NFL. Yeah, we don't need to mention his name any further. Uh, and Rico Dowdle. Uh, do we think that, you know, you mentioned that Bijan Robinson is somebody that's been, been bandied about there. Do we think that Bijan would make sense for them uh, on field fantasy wise, or should they go a different direction there? Uh, John, we'll start with you. Well, yeah, if the Cowboys can get Bijan, then I'm scared as an Eagles fan. Cause we have to go <laughs> against him twice a year and possibly in the playoffs. So um, if, the Eagles get Bijan, then I, I still think that the Cowboys could go after running back. I don't know if it's going to be in the first round, though. Um, I mean, they have their they have their wide receiver room figured out thanks to their offseason moves getting Brandon Cooks. I, I, I don't necessarily like to see that move because Brandon Cooks is a vet, and he's joining a very high-powered offense in Dallas there. So I, I think that in the second round – the Cowboys could find a way to get Zach Charbonnet or Jameer Gibbs. Um, Charbonnet, we saw him his his freshman year in college. Um, he wasn't on UCLA yet, and he just didn't get that many opportunities to perform. He transfers, uh, gets ton a ton of reps at UCLA, takes over the offense, and the Cowboys are a team that rushed the ball a lot. They ran the ball 500 and. 30 times last year, which was like sixth in the NFL. So that amount of reps given to Charbonnet, um, he would be a backup to Pollard at first, but I don't know if we can, with Pollard coming off of this injury, if we can, you know, think that he's going to play a whole season. I don't think he's going to Charbonnet would be a Charbonnet or Jameer Gibbs would be great backups for Pollard on that offense. And, pa and Pollard's not a young uh, right. running back for in running back to a young man, but he's not a young running back. He'll be, I believe 28 during this season here. Right. Uh, our friends, commissioner Cooper and our friends over at the fantasy sports corporation tagging in saying should be targeting everyone on America's <laughs> team. <laughs> happy Easter fellas. Yeah. Happy Easter back happy at you, buddy. Easter. We, happy we, you know, we love all you guys yeah, over there too. You over here. We got a lot of, yeah, we got a lot of friends over there with the fantasy sports corporation, Kevin, what do you make of, uh, you know, of the, Cowboys biggest fantasy need here is, is running back something that they should be hitting with Tony Pollard coming off of the injury with Ezekiel Elliott going to ostensibly somewhere else uh, or should they be looking elsewhere well the interesting thing is even though I'm in, in Dallas here you don't hear anything written about uh, Tony Pollard and how things are going with his injury really? so yeah I haven't seen anything uh if I went out and searched for it, you might find it. But, I, you know, I get the, the Dallas Morning News. There's been no mention of his name anywhere. So if, I think if, that's big if, if Robinson's there, they're going that way. That may not, if he was to go to Philadelphia, that would help his fantasy prospects a whole lot more if he, than he, he here in Dallas because, you know, they'll be running that two running back set. And so that'll cap. Robinson's fantasy value just a bit, maybe not a whole lot, but, and you mentioned Jerry Jones running things, but I think his son, Steven has taken over a little bit inside that draft room and has kept Jerry Jones from making some of these silly, you know, cause they've been solid in the draft of late. So if Robinson is not there, 
then they'll probably uh, go with the guy that's uh, in your, I don't know where in uh, Pennsylvania exactly you are, but uh, Kalaje Kansi. Is that the way oh, you pronounce Kalaj- that guy? Kalaja Kansi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kalaja? Okay. See, I, I, I knew I was going to mess that up, but uh, <laughs> defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh, they really don't, the outside of their line is fine. Inside, they're going to need some guys there. So they might go that way. And uh, at, at some point in this draft, they love their offensive linemen here in Texas. So they'll go that way. And then they might go with our good buddy Tank somewhere along the way and uh, out of Auburn. So they're going to get a running back. If it's Tank, that's good. And if if it's somebody else, that's well, is, you know, I'm fine and dandy. But uh, – they're also a team that could just pretty much do whatever they want to do, and and they 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 do that. So, I we'll see what happens, but uh, they're they're going to take a running back, and they need a tight end. Yeah, because Dalton Schultz is patrolling down there in Houston now. So maybe Dalton Kincaid, my man from Utah, we could talk about him coming down to to to, to Dallas here, and so that would be great because. You know, he's from the great state of Utah. At least he played there. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're going to take a tight end. They're going to take a running back. So if they get Dalton K, I think that's awesome. If they get a tank, I think that's awesome as well. All right. Whoops. <laughs> hey, how are we doing? Um, no, here, here's my take on things. I think that if we can – if you're the if they're Cowboys, I don't think they need to take a tight end. I don't. I really don't think they do. Uh, I like Jake Ferguson. Now I might be biased coming out of you know Wisconsin here. He's he's a Wisconsin guy. I watched him for for a while at, at UW, but I think Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot both are young. I think they acquitted themselves very well last season. I don't think you have to worry about about the tight end position as much as some other people are putting it out there. Now, maybe I'm counterculture on that in, in, in the industry, but I think especially fantasy wise as well, I think they'll be just fine at tight end if they choose to wait a while. Now, if they really feel that's an area of need, this is the year to do it because you can get one for, there's a several rounds worth of tight ends available here. The, now they don't have a great draft picks, in in Dallas, they're they're picking they've they've got a pick per round and they're very low in each round. They're at 27 most of the time. They got a couple of number 35 picks in the fifth and sixth rounds here. So they have to wait to you know to see who's available to them in every round unless they decide they want to try and package and move up. I don't think tight end is is as big a need for them as some people do. I do think that Bijan Robinson would be really fun to you know to see down there. Uh I think he would definitely be the he'd be the the one B ish to Tony Pollard this season, only because I think that Jerry Jones, as much as they may be putting him in the corner with his pudding during the, during the draft now with, and, and his son may be running things. I think Jerry still has a lot of pull and a lot of say in terms of who gets to, who gets to be the guy at in places in Dallas. Uh, I think that, B. John Robinson would be really fun to watch though in Dallas, because we know they love their pounding running backs and their multi-talented running backs. Uh, I've seen wide receiver bandied about there as a need. I think that especially after adding cooks, their top three, their top three of lamb cooks and Michael Gallup is as 
strong a top three as almost anywhere else in, in football. I don't see that as a need at any rate. I don't see them adding anybody who's fantasy relevant this season. Uh, you know, now, yeah, no. if they were to add a guy like tank Dell or somebody else that who maybe in a year or two here is, is their guy there. Um, then maybe we're talking about something next year, but for this season, I just don't see it. Uh, let's move on to New York. We'll head north now. Now, New York Giants are our team that kind of surprised everybody last year and fought their way into the playoffs, fought their way to a first-round win against the Vikings. Thank you, everybody, Brian Dable and, and company. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a team that does have some holes and some areas they could fill. Now, we we just talked about the fact that B. John Robinson is the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. We've seen the Giants now run with Saquon here for his entire rookie contract. They're putting him on the on the franchise tag here. They're going to try to work out an extension. He'll be an expensive running back, but we've also seen Saquon Barkley be worth it if there's anybody in football who is from the running back position. He's on that short list. Uh, but the major areas of need for this team, they were the number 30th ranked offensive line in football last season. They were number 18 defensive and special teams. Okay. They're not a strong defense. They're very, very average on defense. That offensive line though, could really use some work, but the major thing from a fantasy standpoint is they've got 387 guys who are literally just that <laughs> guys at the wide receiver position. Okay. Now they're bringing back Isaiah Hodgins. They've brought in Paris Campbell. They re-signed Darius Slayton. They've got Sterling Shepard coming back. They bring in Jamison Crowder. So if nothing else, there are going to be 13 different slot options for them in, in New York. Wandale Robinson should be getting healthy this season, but is this an area where at 26 in the overall with the 26 pick, could they go with one of the top receiver options and what do we think that that guy could crack the lineup this season and make a difference fantasy wise? Uh, John, let's go with you first. Yeah. I, they need someone that can stretch the field. I mean, the, the giants are just a one dimensional offense right now, where if you're a defense, you know, you just got to contain Saquon Barkley, you know, he's going to get his, but you got to just make sure he's not having a breakout game. Daniel Jones had a great year props to him. He earned that paycheck, but he needs someone that can be a deep threat on the ball here. Um, and I think that Jalen Hyatt is a pretty good pick here. Someone who can stretch the field coming out of Tennessee uh, last year, he had less than a hundred catches. I think he had 70 catches and he had like 1200 yards, which is about 19 yards a catch. That to me is someone that can stretch the field. That to me is someone that could produce on the giants, his rookie year and help Daniel Jones out in that offense. Because right now it's, Daniel Jones and the Saquon show. Uh, yeah. And, and that means a lot of rushing yards, but it doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot through the air right now. They didn't use Saquon last year in the passing game quite like they did his fresh, his rookie season for, I got to get out of the college mode. here. <laughs> um, but you know, I, and Jalen Hyatt, a guy that could possibly be there if they wanted to wait until the second, they wouldn't have to necessarily jump on him with that mm -hmm. 26th overall pick. They may be able to get him, or someone equivalent in the sec in the second round. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts here on the on the Giants and what they're well, going to do, what they need to do <laughs> fantasy-wise to help us all out here? Well, all those names that you mentioned, 
at their wide receiver position. That that's that's a sorriest wide receiver room from <laughs> oh. here to Timbuktu. So I, I think I, the I folks in Baltimore talk, have something to say about that. But well, you know, but still, uh, I think at that first round pick, they'll go with somebody that's uh, up there in their northern climb. I'm talking about Zay Flowers out of oh, Boston yeah. College. I think that would be a good addition for them. Or uh, uh, if they uh, decide to go not that way, there's Jordan Addison coming out of USC. I think that would be a good wide receiver pick for them. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, that their offensive line is terrible, which, of course, it is. But uh, they need somebody to throw to. They got to get somebody to throw to. And uh, they're – you and I chase like uh, Bellinger at the tight end spot, so I think that's pretty set for them. Plus, they so brought they in Darren Waller. A wide so. Yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, so the tight ends are fine. They need uh, some offensive linemen, as you mentioned. They need some wide receivers, and so even though the defense, as you mentioned, is eighteen, but eighteen's a lot better than thirty or thirty-two or whichever number you want to throw around out there about their wide receivers and their offensive linemen. So that's where they're gonna really punch it in on this draft. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree that that the wide receiver, I mean, and I'm not, you know, I'm not breaking any news here that wide receiver is is their major <laughs> need offensively here in terms of the skill positions and in terms of fantasy. Bringing in Darren Waller, having Daniel Bellinger coming off the good year like he did, you know, even with the shattered eye socket. Um, you know, I think they're set there. Saquon, obviously, at least for the year, if not longer, they're set there. Matt Breida is a capable backup. Gary Brightwell is a capable third backup there. Um, but I really, I've seen Zay Flowers bandied about for them in, in the press here and, and from other talking heads. And I just don't, I don't like that idea only because like I said, they've already got an entire, you know, phalanx worth of slot type receivers available. Jamison Crowder when healthy is a quality slot receiver in this league. Wandale Robinson. That's, that's essentially what they drafted him to be in the first place. Um, Paris Campbell can work out of the slot. I think they need a guy on the outside. So I really like the idea of if Jordan Addison is available when they pick jumping all over somebody more like that to, to really help them on the outside. Darius Slayton was their most consistent receiver last season and, and, and had a, not very had consistent. A, no, yeah, he, he's not anybody's idea of a wide receiver one in this league. Sterling Shepard, unfortunately, was playing very well until he got hurt again. Now they're bringing him back. But again, do you want to rely on that on the outside no, in perpetuity don't. here? So I think, I think, yeah, if they could grab somebody, yeah, if there was a Jordan Addison available when their pick came up, I think that they should run to the phone with that one there. Um, Otherwise, yeah, offensive line, the interior of their offensive line especially could really use some help there. Shane Lemieux, Ben Bredesen, Mark Lewinsky right now from left to right on the interior of that offensive line is not going to scare anybody up the middle. Um, and, yeah, I know you've got Saquon Barkley, but if you give the guy a hole or two, he's going to be even that much better. Uh, let, let's take a look then at the last team, the last place team in the division and the last team. I won't necessarily call them the least, although that's what they've been lately, but the Washington Commanders here. Now, this is a, another team 
with a strong, this is a strong defensive uh, division. Holy cow. You're talking about 14, you know, three teams that were in the top 10 uh, defensively in terms of, you know, fantasy scoring with the commanders coming in at number nine, but, and the commanders, you know, they have a transition going on at quarterback right now. Um, they, they're calling Sam Howell. their their number one. They bring in Jacoby Brissett, which I thought was a brilliant move in terms of if you want to try to let Sam Howell actually develop, but give yourself the quintessential safety net as your backup quarterback. I think Jacoby Brissett might be one of the most professional backup quarterbacks in the whole league. I love what he did last year in Cleveland. I love what he did when he was in Indianapolis. The guy just, the guy just comes to, to work, plays football, does what he needs to do. Um, but this is a team in transition at the quarterback position. They've got receiving talent. We know that between, between McLaurin and, and Jahan Dotson and even Diami Brown. Um, but one area I would really like to see them upgrade. And I, maybe I'm being selfish because it's, like I said, we're looking at this from, from a fantasy standpoint. I would love to see them get a real playmaker at the tight end position. And this is a year to do it when, like we said, it may be the deepest offensive skill position that there is out there. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you. Do you see a different need for this team or do you think tight end is, is a direction that they I, really need to look at here? I definitely think that tight end is a position that they uh, definitely need to uh, address. And uh, I don't think that they're going to do that in that first round because simply because you mentioned there are guys that they can wait around for. And even though they have a strong defense, I have a feel that that's what they're going to add to their team with the 16th pick is on their defense. And if they do that, then how about Luke Musgrave tied in out of Oregon State, bringing him in from one coast to the other? I think that would be a big addition to their team. And uh, just because just, Logan Thomas, you can't depend on that guy to be healthy. I like him when he's healthy, but you can't depend on him. And so Musgrave tied in second round. I think that really works for them in, in on their team. All right, John, what do you see? What do you got on that? I agree with Kevin there. I mean, I don't think that they're necessarily going to go after the tight end position in that first round because they're falling in the middle of uh, that first round there. Now, Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid could very well be available at that 16th pick, I believe, is where they're sitting yep. now. That's where they are. Uh, I think he's gone to the Packers or on what is that, the 13th pick or fit? Well, it could be 13 if they swap with the Jets, but it's 15 right now. But yeah, yeah. 15. So either way, he's Myers off the board. <laughs> yeah. So then Dalton Kincaid there, but I think that they're going to address that tight end position in the second round. And uh, you said Musgrave, Kevin. I'm going to go with Darnell Washington here. Okay. Um, I could see yeah, that as well. I, I like that pick. I mean, he, that dude could be like a WWE superstar with the size that he has <laughs> six, eight, 240 pounds. Now as a fantasy owner, I'm not necessarily sure if that would be a good say like a, a rookie dynasty pick Darnell Washington. Cause I'm a little weary on if his size would make him be like another offensive lineman for the commanders there, but he's super athletic too. He would be a red zone threat and uh, tight ends, definitely something that they have to address in this year's draft. So I think, waiting for the second round would be the best option for them. Yeah. I, I like them at the, in the second round there. They also have the 16th pick in the second round. So you're talking about a mid second round, you know, 
top half of the second round pick. And in a draft that's this deep at that position of relative need tight end, I think that that, I agree. That's a place that they might target there. They may go some, some other direction there with the, with their first round pick. Uh, I've seen, you know, I've seen running back tossed around as a need, but they bring in back Antonio Gibson. Brian Robinson looked good as that, at least for a two down back. Gibson, we know can catch the ball if they throw it to him. He's another one of those guys like you had talked about with, with Sanders earlier, John, that, you know, they, they've never really used him to his full capacity, I think to his full capability, because they always had JD McKissick there with him. And then last year they had Brian Robinson and JD McKissick with him. But I think Gibson is a guy that if they just give him the opportunities can do it through the air and on the ground. It looks like they're they're committed to Brian Robinson, and he looks like a capable running back on the early downs. I would commit to him as well. I like him. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they need to bring in a running back, especially since they still have Jarrett Patterson around as well, who was a darling of the fantasy community, and we all tried to will him into existence two years ago. Um, offensive line, like everybody else, they could stand to upgrade at the tackle position, but I think that tight end position is one area where they could really help themselves on the field, and it could really help them from a fantasy standpoint. If you're looking at taking if you have Howell in dynasty, if you're looking at trying to grab one of them as your quarterback two in a two quarterback or super flex format, having a reliable tight end or a playmaking tight end as a rookie or a, a new starting quarterback, or as a, you know, as a quarterback, who's not a star. Uh, and we saw it last year with Jacoby Brissett, he went to David Njoku mm-hmm. and Harrison Bryant in Cleveland. He, he threw to them. Uh, having that playmaking solid tight end option is really good there as they transition for their for their quarterback positions. So yeah, I think the tight end is a position they definitely need to address, and it's one fantasy wise. I'm really hoping that they can address, uh, you know, to help us all out as we try to score some points here this upcoming season. We're going to take a break now. We're going to listen to our uh, you know, our good friends from Manscape. We come back on the other side. We're going to hit that AFC East real hard here, but first. Uh, as we said, let's listen to our uh, our friend Dan Mater, and he'll tell us all about Manscaped. Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Belly up 20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. Thanks to Dan for that. Thank you to our good friends at Manscaped for keeping us all looking, you know, 
all looking neat and clean and trim for the ladies or, you know, or whomever you're with. Uh, but let's move on here now to the AFC East. Uh, the Bills, obviously, the class of that division here now that, that Tom Brady has you know, he moved south and now moved on. But, uh, you know, that's a team that, man, they've been right there on the edge here for a couple of seasons. Ever since Josh Allen kind of came into his own, this is a team that every year I think we're waiting to see get there, waiting to see get there, and they keep seeming to fall short. Now, in terms of team needs, this is another team that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of them. You're talking about the number five DST fantasy-wise last season overall. Uh, you're talking about a team with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, and uh, Dawson Knox at tight end. They did lose or, or allowed to leave Devin Singletary who had been their number one running back for several years now. So this is a team that, that that's in transition a little bit in that backfield. They're coming off a, a year where they drafted James Cook. They didn't necessarily use James Cook as much as I think a lot of us thought they would in the preseason last season. And then they go this season and, and they let De Devin Singletary go, but they bring in Damian Harris from New England. And Damian Harris right now looks to be that guy that they want to use on the early downs and possibly keep James Cook for the late, you know, for, for passing downs and, and late game work kind of thing. Um, at wide receiver, they've obviously got Stephon Diggs, who's one of the top guys in the entire league, whether you're talking fantasy or on the field. They've got Gabe Davis. This is another team where they might be looking for a slot receiver. Is there a position in terms of fantasy and in terms of skill position players, is there a position that we see that Buffalo needs to go or really would help us all out here if we're a Josh Allen owner, say? Uh, Kevin, let's start with you. Go ahead. Well, they don't have any glaring needs, but uh, if they're going to keep Josh Allen upright, then I think that because uh, they got the 27 pick, so I think they go offensive line in that first round. And uh, Osiris Torrance out of Florida is the guy that I like to them. And uh, so you need to keep your uh, franchise guy upright. And uh, we saw you know, when, they, when they played the Bengals, he had a hard time staying upright. So that's something I think they would do. Uh, they could go after that. They could go and get maybe a, a wide receiver, as you mentioned, that uh, can complement because uh, we all know uh, uh, his name escapes me. The Davis, that Dang is a Davis. guy that is maddingly inconsistent. And uh, just as soon as you want to go and say, "Okay, he's going to break out," then then he catches one ball for eight yards or whatever. So <laughs> if, yeah. if they wanted to go out and get a wide receiver, I think they could do that. Uh, I think that they uh, Dawson Knox is another guy that's maddingly inconsistent in fantasy and in real life. So if they went out and got a tight end, how about Luke? And this is a guy from your neck of the woods, Chase Luke Shoe and Maker, Sean Maker. I'll just yeah. throw that out there. Yep, uh, he's tied in out of Michigan. Yep. I think that works for them if they bring him in. Okay, so that's something I would look at. Uh, 
maybe in the third round that they could bring in and get put a fire under Dawson Knox and see if they if they can get some consistent production out of that tight end position. Yeah, and he's a tight end that can do it all too. He he's not just a not just a receiver. He can block as well. There, uh, John, what do you think here in terms of where the Bills need to go or where they should go here for us? Yeah, I mean they they could certainly go for a running back here. Um, I would like to see James Cook develop under the Bills. So I think really this whole year, what it's about for the Bills and to put them closer to the Super Bowl, even though they've been super close for a bunch of other years, is this is a keep Stefan Diggs happy type of year. And we saw him complaining when they lost last year in the postseason. They got to move on from Gabe Davis. Like you said, Kevin, he's, he's irrelevant <laughs> uh, both in fantasy and the actual NFL. He's a, a deep ball threat, but that happens like two or three times a year where he gets one 80 yard touchdown. Um, so I think, although I, I don't, I, I can see them going offensive line in the first round, but if they don't, they could get someone like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers to, to I like both of those for them. Stretch stretch the field. It'll allow Stefan Diggs to get more open than he already is. Um it'll allow him to get open in the middle of the field too. Um so they don't have to use him for both, you know, chunk plays and deep balls. So they, they need to find a way to stretch that offense. Um, because they'll be deadly if they can get a an actual deep ball threat in one of those guys, Addison or Flowers. Um, and then with the with digs. I mean, that's just an amazing offense. Yeah. I, I, I was a guy that last year in the preseason, if everybody looks back and it's on record, I can't, I can't get away from it. I was high on Gabe Davis coming into last season. Unfortunately, Gabe, and he had a great, Hey, the first game, first, first touchdown game. of the year, I thought, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> so I said, hey, he's looking good here. Right. But uh, he's a guy that like, you know, Deshaun Jackson, is a guy that I always look at. Is he was he was continually, continually hyped up as being like more than what we actually ever got out of him fantasy wise on the field. Yeah, he stretches the field. He's a good, he's a good receiver. He's a guy I wouldn't mind having on my team. But like you said, you know, great. So three times a year we get a sixty yard touchdown out of him. That's not necessarily enough week in week out to really maximize the threat of that offense there. Um, so yeah, I, that's something I could see them doing, um, you know, bringing in somebody like a Zay flowers, like you said, I don't know if he'll still be there for them picking at the end of the first round, but somebody like that out of the, out of the slot position uh, where they keep Gabe Davis on the outside for that strictly vertical threat, have that slot guy underneath now that can do something for you and, and, and threaten in that level of the field and allow Stefan Diggs to just do all the work that he can do on the other side. Tight end wise. I don't necessarily see that as a need for them. I think that Dawson Knox's problems. My opinion is Dawson Knox is much more a red zone guy completely. And they don't use him enough in the red zone. That's the problem with Dawson Knox. He's very dependent for his fantasy scoring on his red zone looks, and they just don't look at him enough in the red zone there. Um, part of that is because they got Josh Allen who can run it in from the 17 yard line. If they yeah. want, they don't necessarily need to worry about that. Uh, running back is a position. I think they could go, but uh, Damian Harris is not a, a, a bad option for the early downs. I agree with you. I'd like to see, I I'm fantasy wise. I would love to see James cook just, turn into the guy and have Damian Harris just be the, the, the backup 
unfortunately, I think we're going to see at least early in the year, it's going to be the Damian Harris on first and second, James Cook on third down, which doesn't bode well if anybody's got Naheem Hines or if anybody likes Naheem Hines out there. I'm sure his mother loves him, but that's a guy, that's a guy that makes his living, you know, has that third down back as well. And he's kind of, he's kind of shut out of everything in front of himself now. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins here are a team that, you know, they with their head coach McDaniel there, they're they're starting to find themselves offensively. If they can keep Tua healthy, and I think their entire team rotates around Tua being healthy, if they can keep Tua healthy, they've got a ton of weapons at the receiver position. They're bringing back Raheem Mostert. They're bringing back Jeff Wilson, which is, and in fact, they're bringing back Miles Gaskin. They're bringing back Salvon Ahmed. Everybody that's in that backfield has been fantasy relevant at one point or another here in the last three, four seasons. Uh, so they're deep there. They don't necessarily have the one guy, but they do let Mike Gesicki, the perennially hyped Mike Gesicki, uh, go. He's actually <laughs> elsewhere in the division now. So tight end I'm is sure a position. I, Cooper's not crying that he's gone. Well, right. Uh, the oversized slot receiver, Mike Gesicki. Uh, tight end is the one position I really would like to see them nail down a guy, a, a guy, a playmaking guy. I think that's, that's the one area they, Raheem Mostert is still one of the fastest guys in the league from the tight, from the, from the running back position when he's healthy. They've obviously got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the outside. You get a good tight end in there, a good reliable tight end and actually scheme and throw to him, which again, like I just said with Dawson Knox might be the problem. But I think that a good tight end in that offense could really unlock it. Uh, what say you, John, there with, with Miami? Where do you see them needing to go to help us out here in the fantasy realm? Well, it would be really nice if they could continue on with that speed theme that the Dolphins love. I mean, they got Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, Raheem Mostert, like you said. Um, I think Devin Akane would be a great addition here. Day two of the draft uh, coming out of Texas A&M. He <laughs> runs like a 4-3-2-40. Um, so he fits in right right with that type of scheme that the Dolphins love, which is speed. Um, he ranked seventh in the athleticism score in the 2023 Combine. So I think that he would fit in with the Dolphins. With Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, they're not necessarily playing – a full season of games. So I could see Devin Akane getting some production in his rookie season. Certainly someone to hold on to uh, if you're a dynasty owner of him too, because in year two or three, you know, you could really start to see him getting some starts out there in Miami. I, I like that a lot. Kevin, what are you, what's your thoughts on, on the Dolphins? Well, John, you, uh, you keep stealing my guys and I'm kind of <laughs> glad, glad that you went before me because Akane is not the name I would have said. Uh, <laughs> I'm not for sure what I would have come up with right there, tough but I'm hundred percent with you on, on that pick. And uh, Chase, as you mentioned, they've got all these guys that have been fantasy relevant in the past, but I don't see any of them being the man, as you said. So a cane, now that I know how to say that, I think could step in there and, and do some things for them. And uh, as the tight end position, how about uh, Cameron Latu? Okay, I don't know where I come up with, with these <laughs> names that I have to, you know, figure out, but uh, out of Alabama. So, you know, Alabama knows how to move the football, so I think that would be a good pick. If not, um, a running back, too, is Zach Charbonnet, all right, 
out of UCLA would make sense going to them in the second round. And another tight end that we've mentioned in the past, Tucker or Kraft out of South Dakota State, I think would be a nice addition to them. So I see them going running back and then tight end and then try and uh, get some offensive linemen to keep Tua upright. So uh, that's the way I think they're going to go and, and, and build on that, even though they've got some weapons on offense. I think they need a little bit more to be a more complete team. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I think that tight end is the one position where if they could lock in a playmaker there and and, and somebody like, yeah, somebody like Kraft, like you said, who, who's a good, you know, athletic, good route runner, good, got great hands, um, you know, could really help them there. Um, Mostert and Wilson are not the youngest guys. No. And they're not the healthiest guys always, no. especially most of them. We've seen. Every time Mostert looks like he's about to ascend to that starting, you know, workhorse role, he he blows something out and we're right. starting them back from square one. So yeah, I, I do like the idea of a guy there too. If they and got I, somebody like really a cane like, there. I like Wilson because of his last name, but you know, that's <laughs> uh, that's not enough. But and he's a he's a good solid running back. And I think as a number two option, I really like him on any team. Um, but you know. Like I said, with most with Mostert, his whole game is that speed game. So bringing in a guy like Akane, uh, it would be awesome to see from a speed standpoint, from a fit standpoint, and could be a guy that we could see then in the future, you know, take a hold of that position. Uh, let's move on to our, you know, our former colleague, uh, Mr. Mallard, Andrew LaDuke, uh, his favorite team in the Patriots. This is the number one DST in, in fantasy football number 11 offensive line. Uh, this, this is a team that, that has those, has those peripherals from a fantasy standpoint, those peripherals that can make a team strong. But again, the age old question, uh, you know, is this the year that Bill Belichick finally unlocks the wide receiver code and figures out how to draft an effective wide receiver? It seems like every year they try to take these shots on guys, Last year it was cousin Taekwon near Thornton. Um, and they they just they don't seem to be a team that can find a reliable receiver in the draft. So they've gone the the free agency route and they've brought in Devontae Parker. And I am done with him. Uh no. that that may be can the last time I mentioned his name this season. Yeah, they we all it, they... said that we were gonna pile in the truck with uh Don when we leave here. Can we leave him at the side of the road? Please? Yeah, I am I'm done waiting for Devontae Parker to be to be a, a wide receiver. The problem with Devontae Parker, I was the guy that always drafted Dwayne Bow from the Chiefs, and I was always excited about Dwayne Bow, and then Dwayne, we were continually waiting for Dwayne Bow to do something. Devontae Parker, he he's he's the new Dwayne Bow. We're always waiting for him to do something. And he just never seems like he wants to do anything. They do bring in Juju Smith Schuster, but wide receiver is the one area skill wise. I love Ramondre Stevenson. They finally have an yeah. offensive coordinator in bringing back Bill O'Brien. They've got two young quarterbacks, whichever one they end up choosing. Mac Jones, who seems to have fallen maybe out of favor. They're a bit. trying to trade him. That's or, something I would need somebody to explain. And I, I don't know how much of that we can believe or how much of that has just been thrown about. But uh, you know, but either way, they've got Bailey Zappi, who acquitted himself well last year. They're set that direction. They brought in Gasicki, like we said, at tight end, but they've already got Hunter Henry, who is a very good tight end when, when needed. 
I think wide receiver is the one position that they need to get a guy, two guys, several guys. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's the complete and total kryptonite of Bill Belichick's entire you know regime is putting together that wide receiver position. Kevin, where do you think they need to go here? And do you think that well, Bill can finally figure it out there on the, on the outside? They've got the uh, the 14th pick in this draft, and I think the receiver that can solve many, if not all, their problem, Quentin Johnston, out of local, about uh, about 40 minutes or 40 miles from here, there you went go, to TCU. school at TCU, and uh, against everybody but Georgia, TCU moved the football all year. Quentin Johnston was an outstanding receiver. He can go get the ball. He can outbustle, you know, for the reception, whatever you need to do. So if they can get him at number 14, I think that solves a whole bevy of their problems. And so uh, I'd rather him stay closer to home than uh, go clear up there to New England. But I think that would be a marriage that, that, that would just be made in heaven between the two of them. No, I can't disagree with that at all. John, what do you got there? Uh, I like the Quentin Johnson pick too, if they were to do that in the first round. If they didn't address the wide receiver, though, in the first round, I think in the second round, a wide receiver they could target would be Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU. Boutte. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the last names here. I think that's it. Okay. I, I, I looked it no, up. Yeah. It's not Devin Akane. It's Devon Akane. <laughs> so. Uh, I was wrong on that. I led you guys astray there. So well, I think it's Kayshawn Boutte. Okay, well, I'm glad you uh, stepped in that and I didn't. <laughs> um, I think, you know, he would be a great addition to the Patriots offense. For a fantasy owner, I'm still worried about any wide receiver that's getting the ball thrown to them by Mac Jones. Um, you know, we have heard rumors of them training Mac Jones. I, I know we've probably heard every single team now be mentioned in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, but if Lamar Jackson was to come to new England, then certainly I'm, I'm drafting wide receivers on the Patriots again. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you there. I, like I said, I don't know how much stock I put into the Mac Jones trade rumors. Um, letting Brian Hoyer go, I think is, is a signal to me that they like the guys they have in terms of putting their room together. They've got two young guys. They don't have to worry about it. Classic Bill Belichick fashion. They can leave one guy as the starter. They can develop that guy behind him and trade that guy later. A la Jimmy G, a la Jacoby Brissett, a la Matt Castle, a la take your pick here in the past. Um, if they had kept Brian Hoyer, I would feel a lot better about the idea of a Mac Jones trade. Uh, Bringing in somebody as high priced uh, as Lamar Jackson would be completely out of character for them, but I yeah. agree it would be a complete dream scenario there. I think they need that wide receiver. I yeah. like the names nope. that you brought up there. I like the idea yeah. of of you know if they wait to the second round, bringing in somebody like Boutte, yep. and you can't go wrong yeah, with a guy uh, like that on your team anyway. But uh, you know, yeah, so as we one move name on, I could throw in there one name I could throw in there if if they decide to go other than wide receiver. How about someone even closer to where I live right now? And that's Rashid. Rashid Rice. Rashid Rice, yes. Out of SMU, another team that knows how to throw the football and get the ball up and down the field. So if they could, if they decide, I, I, they got to go wide receiver to me in the first. But if they don't, Rashid Rice. And that's a guy I think is definitely round. there for them at 215. At, 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 Absolutely. At, and, you know, possibly even uh, if, if they want to wait to the third, but he's a guy that's definitely there for them in the second round. If they feel they need to go elsewhere in the first round, I agree with that 
there. Uh, Tino's time. Hey, Tino, how are you doing there? He says, hey, guys, happy Easter. Happy, happy Easter. Easter to you happy as well, Easter, sir. Tino. Appreciate that. Uh, well, we're, we've come we've come to the end now of the division, <laughs> the bottom of the division, and possibly the, the biggest unknown in the entire division in the New York Jets here. Real quick here. We don't know what they're going to do here. We've heard, we've seen all the hype, all the craziness around the Aaron Rodgers. Will he, won't he be there? He wants to be there. The Packers don't want him. The Jets want him there. It's it's going to happen. And if you listen to the the comments from from their from Hugh Douglas, their their GM this past weekend at a or this past week at a Jets uh, fan event, he said he's going to be here, guys. It's just a matter of when. I think the biggest thing right now is like it, it saves the Packers money if they wait. Um, so quarterback, they're going to have Aaron Rodgers that we think Zach Wilson then would be his backup since Mike White is now down south in the division in, in Miami. Um, Zach Wilson, a guy who's been their starter, they drafted him high to be the starter. They claim they haven't given up on him and that he's still in plans for the future of this franchise. They say that. And then they bring in Tim Boyle, who has been an Aaron Rodgers backup before. And then on top of that, they've got Chris Strebler, who is Chris Strebler. And I'm, like I said, I'm sure his mother loves him, but he's not an NFL <laughs> starting quarterback. Uh, that's a position they could go in the draft. If you look elsewhere, they've got their their skill positions nailed down. This is a team that is it, honestly outside of that quarterback position, which again, just highlights the importance of the position. Outside of that quarterback position, this is a team that is as deep on the roster as just about any other team in the league, especially at the skill positions with Garrett Wilson. They've got, for the time being, Corey Davis at, at wide receiver. They've got Alan Lazard that they bring in there now. Uh, you know, at, at tight end, they've got a young draft pick in Jeremy Ruckert that they brought in last year, but they've brought in, they, they've brought in CJ Uzama. They've, they've got guys there as well. Running back wise, Brees Hall, when healthy, looks like he is going to be a guy. But they've still got Carter there. They've 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 got Zonovan Knight, who looks like a capable NFL running back. There, they're pretty well set there. They're trying to build the offensive line, which is one position I think they could stand to look at, especially at center, possibly at tackle with Makai Becton having not been healthy in two years now. But outside of quarterback and the offensive line, I don't see a lot of places where this team can help itself, where it's going to benefit us fantasy-wise. John, when you look at the Jets, what do you make of their entire situation here? And what do you see? What what are you what would be your wish list coming up here at the end of the month? Yeah, they, they certainly gotta figure out their quarterback situation. So hopefully they can land Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're the AFC East is going to be so competitive next year. I can't wait to, I, it's hard to even predict who's going to be the top dog in that division. But if the Jets can land Aaron Rodgers, they get a healthy Brees Hall back. They have Garrett Wilson, who is going to be a top five wide receiver, in my opinion, next year. Uh, what they need to address at that, what, 13th spot in the first round, they got to go after offensive line and they have a chance here to get Broderick Jones from. Uh, wait, is it Broderick Jones? Yeah, yes. Broderick Jones yes. out of Georgia. Offensive yep. lineman. I mean, he's a beast um, coming out of a, a huge school, too, in college. And what I really like about Broderick here is that he, he really specializes in the rush blocking versus pass protection. 
So with Reese Hall coming back from an injury, I think this is a perfect fit for Broderick Jones, um, but but also Brees Hall. If, I, if I'm a dynasty owner of Brees Hall, I'm super happy if the Jets bring in someone like Broderick Jones. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, offensive line, if they could just – and I like the fact that they've, they've paid attention to that the last several years. They've, they're looking at building that offensive line. I think they're trying to build that team from, from, the, from the inside out the right way. Uh, somebody like him could really go a long way toward helping that team. Kevin, what's your take on the, uh, on the uh, other team? I, I, like the, uh, I like the Jones uh, you know, call right there. If for some reason maybe he's off the board or whatever. A guy, another guy, Chase, from your neck of the woods, Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. All right. Out of Northwestern. Offensive tackle. Oh, yeah. That's an offensive line name. Going to them. Because, uh, as you said, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to New York. So you do that. He's 39, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, yes. and he's not as mobile as he once was. You got to keep them upright. So, offensive line is the way to go in in uh, in the first round, and that helps. You know, if you've got Aaron Rodgers fantasy wise, because you keep him upright. So I like that. And uh, I, I'm. They said they were all in on Zach Wilson. I'm not buying that. All right. <laughs> I'd like to buy it. You know, once again, because he's a Wilson, but I'm not. And uh, this draft will tell us exactly what they believe. If, uh, if they go out and get a quarterback that's kind of, you know, upper upper echelon guy, maybe, you know, not the upper echelon guys, but somebody up there in the first couple of two, three, four rounds, Zach Wilson, you need to pack your back. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, no, I, I agree with that. I, <laughs> I, I keep thinking of the, the, the hilarious situation it would be. I mean, if, if they want to keep Rogers for even two years, you you don't that's want to go out and draft plan, his heir apparent that's right now. Be the plan. It's one thing if he for one if, year. if he yeah. walks in the door, if he walks in the door and and Zach Wilson is already there and he knows that's the guy you're planning on taking over for him, you've got a shot of keeping him for a couple of years. You go and draft a guy after he's already had his the guy drafted behind him before in Green Bay. We know that's what pissed him off up here in the first place. I think that, yeah, I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm not looking forward to getting rid of a, a hall of fame quarterback, but at the same time, I'm, I'm looking forward to not necessarily having this off season. Will he won't he again, we dealt with that with Favre for four or five years there at the end of his career. We've dealt with it for Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers for the last three or four seasons. I'm looking forward to having that be New York's problem and not my problem anymore. Yeah. Um, and I've got Jordan Love on my fantasy team, so I'd love to get him on I've, my roster. I've got two or three right. shares of him in Dynasty. I I, I do. <laughs> yeah, not, Dynasty. I've got him. He's been on my taxi squad for three years now. So we're not nice overly excited about it, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. And two quarterbacks. The same way I feel about that, him as a Packers. That, that could work. Uh, offensive line is the way they have to go here in terms of helping their team. Uh, they're going to have the picks to do it. They're they're going to have that 13 or 15 pick. There's a possibility they switch with the Packers in the first round, but either way, you're looking at being able to get an upper echelon uh, prospect on the offensive line there at 13 or 15 in the middle of the first round. Um, there's, there's the possibility they could go there back-to-back with the second round as well. 
um, they're, they're going to have options there and they're going to be able to get themselves and they have to get themselves, in my opinion, an offensive lineman. That's the one thing that they really need offensively. If the Rogers thing is happening, which we're all led to believe it will, um, it's kicking the can down the road on that quarterback position, but it's answering the question in the short term. And this is a team with a, with a roster that if you catch lightning in a bottle and you fill that position for a year or two, especially if, if Rogers decides that he wants to come back for them in 24, this is a team that can afford to take a gamble like that because the rest of the roster looks like it's got the, it's got the juice to be able to make it there. We're going to, uh, we're going to take our second break, our last break here. And we come back on the other side, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to say goodbye to everybody. And we're going to tell everybody where they can find the rest of us here. But first uh, we're going to listen to a, uh, to another friend from Belly Up Fantasy Sports telling us about SeatGeek. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code Belly up sports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. Seat Geek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, now as we wrap up here, then uh, guests are going to go first here. John, tell us what we can find from you on, on belly up fantasy, you know, sports.com, or tell us what we got coming up here on the eye test podcast. How, where can we find you, and what do we got going on? Yes, certainly. So uh, I just started as a hobby writer for Belly Up. So I got one article down. I got plenty more to go. We're going to be pumping out some articles as we get closer to the draft. Um, I'm still trying to review some free agency moves that some teams made, which will kind of transition into the draft and what their needs are. Um, but you can go ahead and follow the eye test. Uh, my tag name is right there. The eye test pod. You can search the eye test, a fantasy football podcast on YouTube. We're on TikTok, too, where we do shorter clips, uh, more so on the humor side and also some recaps of the podcast that we do. We're the I Test Pod on TikTok, Instagram, and then on Twitter and Facebook, we are I Test Fantasy. Excellent. All right, Kevin, what do we got uh, in the pipeline coming here for you? Well, in the pipeline tonight is uh, Vince and I will be on the uh, Sports Though Fantasy Baseball Show and... Uh, that's at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock, I guess, where time begins over there in the East. But uh, we'll be talking about some rookies that are making impacts already in uh, fantasy baseball. We'll be looking at some news, some standings, and uh, guys that uh, maybe we're ready to give up on already. We'll be talking <laughs> about all that. And so that's tonight. And uh, always you can get over to uh, the Belly Up Fantasy uh, website. I have an article once a week, at least over there. And uh, so people seem to be paying attention to what I have to say. I appreciate everybody out there coming and and listening to what I have to say and and reading what I have to say. And you can always get me at Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. Any question is, is good. So bring it. And I appreciate everybody out there. And once again, happy Easter. There we have it. All right. As always, you can find me at STT Chase FFB on the Twitter machine there. When you're there, check out my pinned tweet. I just started a, a fantasy or a, 
Facebook page. I would appreciate everybody out there who's given me a follow on, on Twitter. Check out the Facebook page. Give me a like. Give me a follow on there as well. It would really help me out. Um, I just put an article out on uh, the AFC uh, North teams that we talked about last weekend. I'll have uh, an article coming out on the NFC North and also on the two divisions we talked about today, the AFC and NFC East. Those will be coming out for me this week over at bellyupfantasysports.com. Check it out over there as well. Get over there to Belly Up Fantasy Sports. Check out all the great content for football, for baseball, for everything that you need there. Um, as always, you know, we appreciate everything that, that you do. Give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe here at, at Belly Up. Uh, John. Thank you very much, John Kirkner, yeah, for coming you, in, you giving us a help this this week. Welcome the to the family. We, appreciate it. we will have you back definitely at some point. Kevin, thank you again as well. Uh, happy Easter to everybody. Slanjava. We'll see you next week. We'll, we'll talk about the AFC and NFC South. <laughs>